0: Welcome to Hunger Club, the Monday online Bible study of the Feast Makati District. I'm Risa Singson Kaopeng, Editor-in-Chief of The Feast Magazine. Let's satisfy our hunger with God's Word. Put ourselves in God's presence, we're always in God's presence. We're always in God's presence, even when we're not aware of it. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We thank you, Jesus, for bringing us together. Distance does not keep us apart, because when we gather in your name, your presence is in our midst. And especially on this Easter week, this Easter Monday, Lord, we know that you are ever alive, ever present in our midst. We pray, Jesus, that you may speak to us through your living word that as uh, we read our Bibles and as we um, get to know you more, we pray, Lord God, that all the more you may come alive in our lives and in our hearts. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So again, the title of my talk is Welcome to God's Hospital. You know, the hardest thing is when you don't know that you're sick, right? You know, um, there are a lot of people now who are actually infected with a virus, but um, they're asymptomatic, you know, that means they don't uh, manifest any symptoms. Luke 5 verse 31 says, Jesus answered them, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners and need to repent. I guess the hardest thing for a Christian is to not know that you have a sin, And in our world today, it's getting harder to um, know that we are sinning because our senses are just so numb to sin. We are so desensitized by sin that we don't even know when something is a sin or not anymore. When it comes to purity, there's so many things that assault our senses on media, social media, we're just so assaulted that we don't know what sin is anymore. So Jesus is saying those who are healthy do not need a physician, but the sick do so. For the Lord to minister to us, we need to know that we need Him in our lives. Morton Kelsey said that the church is not a museum for saints, but a hospital for sinners sometimes we feel like because we're a sinner because we have a lot of sins because we know that there are things in our lives that we need to fix we're ashamed to come closer to the Lord I heard somebody say I think it was a priest who said this he said you know the devil makes you ashamed to approach God when you're sinning but when you're about to sin he doesn't make you ashamed to sin the devil removes our shame when we're about to sin And then when we're about to repent of our sin and return to God, the devil puts the shame back so that we don't go back. But we're all patients in God's hospital, and we have the best physician to look after us. That's the good news. You know, when Jesus began his ministry, he entered the synagogue on a Sabbath, and he read from the book of Isaiah. But I'll read it from the account in Luke 4, verse 18. This is Jesus, he enters the synagogue and he said, "'The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, "'for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. "'He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, "'that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, "'and that the time of the Lord's favor has come.'" This is Jesus quoting from the book of Isaiah. And again, I mentioned this last week, that there are over 300 references to the Messiah in the Old Testament 300 promises about the Messiah and each one of those 300 promises Jesus fulfilled this is one of them and this is what God wants to do for us today also that he wants to bring glad tidings to the poor he wants to proclaim liberty to captives he wants to um, recovery of sight to the blind, and to let the oppressed go free. So if we're in God's hospital, you know, what's the condition of the patient? Let's look Mm at the condition of the patient. Uh, It says, number one, the patient is poor. (laughs) Poor, lowly, suffering, afflicted. Um, You know, when you're poor in spirit, not in the sense that Jesus used it in the Beatitudes, Um, But when you're poor in spirit, you don't know God. You don't feel Him. You know, there are times when we want so desperately to feel the presence of the Lord, and yet we don't feel Him. Or maybe you're poor in health, uh, which means you're sick. You know, there are many people now who are in the hospital, um, and they're poor in health. Or maybe you're poor in relationships. Now that we're on lockdown, especially people that were not used to being, you know, sometimes uh, the people that we love the most are the people that can get on our nerves also, yung parang tila ba I have one nerve left and you're on it, ba? <laughs> So maybe you know, now this um, lockdown is just showing us all the more that uh, we have broken relationships in the family. You're fighting with the people that you're supposed to love the most. A lot of people now are worried about their finances because especially mga daily wagers. What else? Maybe if you're not poor, maybe uh, Jesus is saying, maybe you're a captive. Um, You're a captive of fear. You're a captive of anxiety attacks. Maybe you don't know it. You're not aware of it. Um, Or maybe for some of you who've experienced anxiety attacks, uh, you know that it's an anxiety attack because you can't breathe, you can't sleep at night. I, I just want to assure you that this is, that's normal for a time like this. Re- really, it's not normal. It's not a normal time for all of us. So it's just natural to feel anxious during a time like this, during the time of COVID. I read this from Michael Gately, and he said, in times of unprecedented evil, God wants to give us unprecedented grace. Yes, the times that we're experiencing now are scary. You know, we don't know what how the world will look after lockdown, after this quarantine is over. We don't know how the economy will be. We don't know how our jobs will be. Um, you know, I've taken a pay cut during this time of COVID just to help out also with the finances of the company. I get to think about how will i you know recover that lost income uh, so I, i'm sure um, there are a lot of people who've not just taken a pay cut they've taken you know their pay completely away w- was taken completely away by this quarantine so uh, really it's a it's an un- unprecedented time of uncertainty of evil of fear but god wants to give us unprecedented grace as well for those of you who've experienced anxiety uh, or undergoing anxiety attacks let me share with you psalm 112 i came across this psalm because i pray the divine office every day and this is one of the psalms that we prayed in the divine office such a beautiful psalm and it's such an an encouraging psalm for us to read at a time like this so psalm 112 verse 1 again i'm reading from the new living translation praise the lord How joyful are those who fear the Lord and delight in obeying His commands. Their children will be successful everywhere. An entire generation of godly people will be blessed. You know, you and I are part of that. We claim we are part of this godly generation, this godly people who will be blessed. Um, They themselves will be wealthy, and I'm prophesying this to you. I'm reading this to you, and this is God's word, and this is God's promise to us. Um, They themselves will be wealthy and their good deeds will last forever. Light shines in the darkness for the godly. They are generous, compassionate, and righteous. You know, I'm just so overwhelmed during this time of how generous people are. Um, You know, in our village, we have around 30 or 50, I'm not so good with numbers, employees who are locked down. Um, with us here away from their families because they're the security people they're at ad- admin people and you know what the neighborhood just feeds them uh, morning noon and night we've been feeding them for the past month and will continue to do so and i know that you also have been reaching out our feasts have been continually extending help to poor communities our parish here in christ the king has been extending help to poor communities and everybody's just overflowing with generosity so light shines in the darkness for the godly good comes to those who lend money generously and conduct their business fairly you know the bible says the book of proverbs says those who give to the poor lend to the lord during this time you know if you're you've been investing in the stock market now's a good time to invest because the stock market has has really gone down, you're, you're, you'll be able to buy stocks really, really cheap. And when things go back to normal, wow, you're really going to earn a lot. But if you want to invest in something that's eternal, give to the poor. Because the Bible says when you give to the poor, you lend to the Lord. And you know that when you lend to the Lord, ay nako, yan ang the best ROI ever, because we know that God returns with not just a percentage of interest, but he really rewards us in, um, 30, 60, and a hundred fold. What else does this Psalm say? It says, um, such people will not be overcome by evil. Those who are righteous will be long remembered. They do not fear bad news. They confidently trust the Lord to care for them. So even in this time of uncertainty, we can trust that god cares for us they are confident and fearless and can face their foes triumphantly they share freely and give generously to those in need their good deeds will be remembered forever they will um, have influence and honor the wicked will see this and be infuriated they will grind their teeth in anger they will slink away their hopes thwarted you know this is a time for us christians to shine this is a time for us to really show the world what what our faith is all about. It's easy to worship God and to be you know, to go to the feast when things are normal, when it's air conditioned, when when we're in nice, comfortable locations like feast SM Aura where I serve, you know, but times like these, these are inconvenient times. But this is also where we need to be giving even more generously um what's the condition of the patient the patient is blind you know maybe you have it so good that you don't see it that you don't see your need for god maybe you just came across this video um by accident but you're hearing this and you think your life is okay and everything's going well but uh, there's a this emptiness in your life that you can't seem to feel maybe even before this lockdown There's something that you can't put a finger on and you just feel, you know, there's like a hole inside you and you try to fill it with love, with illicit relationships, with money, with possessions. But it's like a well that's, uh, you know, doesn't get filled, but it's actually God that you need because the Lord is the only one that can fill that God-shaped vacuum. You know, they said that's why our hearts are shaped like circle that before God put it in you. It was a circle and God took his divine scissors and he cut out this part so that our hearts will never be complete without him. So maybe the patient is blind. Maybe we're blind and we don't know it, you know, or maybe you don't see any future, uh, no hope for the future. You can't see any reason to go on. You know, even before this pandemic broke out, you were already hopeless and then to add insult to injury this thing happens and like you have no la luna, no reason to live and so you're lost you don't know what to do with your life maybe you have everything you want but still you're discontent so maybe you're this is what jesus was talking about he's he's here to restore sight to the blind or maybe you're oppressed there are spiritual oppressions my sister serves in the Exorcism ministry of Father Joseph Sikia in in the uh, ministry of exorcism in the Archdiocese of Manila and exorcism—you know—is something that we watch only in horror movies. But really, it happens to people in real life. I think that's scarier. You know, when you watch it in a movie and it's fiction, it's like "Ah, okay, that's just Hollywood. It's just TV. It's just movie. But when it's real, that's more scary. Really, spiritual oppression happens or spiritual possession happens, but Jesus is saying that he's come to set us free. So now that we've looked at the condition of the patient, what's the diagnosis? You've caught, the diagnosis is that we've caught the most deadly of diseases, and it's not COVID, it's not MERS, it's not SARS, it's not HIV, it's SIN. And um, Romans 3.23 says, for everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. In another version of the Bible, in the New American Bible, it says, All have sinned and are deprived of the glory of God. Adam and Eve had the glory of God. When God created Adam and Eve, they had that glory. Do you realize that there are only four people in the entire history of humankind that didn't have original sin, that was born without original sin. Jesus is one. Mary is the other. That's why we celebrate the Immaculate Conception. And the other two are Adam and Eve because God created them without sin. They had the glory of God, but when they sinned, then original sin entered into mankind. And because of that, all of us were born with original sin and we were deprived of that glory of God. That disobedience they committed that caused that glory of God, even immortality. Do you know that Adam and Eve were created immortal? But because of their sin, death entered. And that's why you and I die. But that's their essence of Easter. That's why Jesus came. That's why Jesus had to die and had to resurrect. Because Jesus became the death of death. Oh, I love that. I love that. The death of death. Oh, death, where is your sting? Jesus became the, Jesus buried the grave when he resurrected yesterday on on Easter Sunday. So because of that, God banished Adam and Eve from the Garden of Eden so that they might not eat of the tree of life and live forever. So the diagnosis of the patient is that the patient's gonna die, you and I are gonna die because we're, we've got the most deadly of diseases, which is sin. So what's the treatment? What treatment do you need? Is it that quincar or whatever that they use on malaria that they said works on COVID? Well, um, when before Adam and Eve felt no shame in the Garden of Eve, even if they were naked, now they became aware that they were naked. Remember that? The first thing they did was they covered themselves with leaves, with fig leaves, because they realized that they were naked. But what did the God do? He clothed them with garments of skin. Genesis 3, the fall of man. Let's read verse 7. Okay, so this is right after Adam and Eve ate of the forbidden fruit. At that moment, their eyes were opened And they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness, so they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden, so they hid from the Lord among the trees. Remember I told you, the devil takes away our shame when we're about to sin. That's why we're able to commit the sin but then when we realize our sin and we want to repent, what does the devil do? He puts back the shame so that we turn back to God. And this is exactly what Adam and Eve did. When they heard God, instead of running to God and, and you know repenting and saying sorry, what did they do? They hid. They hid from God because they were ashamed. And then verse 9 goes, Then the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? And he replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. Who told you that you were naked? The Lord asked. Have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? The man replied, It was the woman you gave me who gave me the fruit and I ate it. Then the Lord God asked the woman, What have you done? The, servant, the serpent deceived me, she replied. That's why I, hate, I ate it. Ayan ano, nagtuturo, then the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, you are cursed. So God curses the serpent. And more than all the all animals, domestic and wild, you will crawl on your belly, groveling in the dust as long as you live. And I will cause hostility between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He will strike your head and you will strike his heel. Right there, Genesis 3, as early as that, God the Father had already from, promised. That Jesus would come, that His Son would come to save us. Then He said to the woman, "I will sharpen the pain of your pregnancy, and in pain you will give birth. And you will desire to control your husband, but he will rule over you." Ayum palayoy mga gustong the saya sa mga Mister nila. Kasama pala yun sa curse ni Eve. And to the man, He said, "Since you listened to your wife and ate from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat, the ground is cursed because of you." Um, and so, et cetera. Then I want I want to jump to verse 20. Then the man, Adam, named his wife Eve because she would be the mother of all who live. You know, I read somewhere this beautiful thing that before, did you notice? Before they sinned, Adam just called Eve the woman. Wala siyang pangalan. Ba't mo naman pangalan? lang naman yung baba, isa balat ng lupa, diba But after... Adam sinned, he calls her Eve, he gives her a name, and then after that, and the Lord God made clothing from animal skins for Adam and for his wife. All of a sudden, Adam clings to Eve, his partner, because he realizes that, you know, in God's plan of salvation, it won't happen unless both of them, a team because God promised in her offspring Eve's offspring will crush the head of the serpent and so Adam realizes that he has he and Eve have to work together to have an offspring and then this beautiful verse from verse 21 the Lord made clothing from animal skins for Adam and his wife they already had sewn fig leaves they already had clothes but why did god cover them with skin you know for god to have covered them with animal skin it means that god killed an animal and covered them with blood with the blood of the animal and this is a precursor it's again you know like a prophecy of what is to come when Jesus came, when Jesus offered his life for us on Good Friday, he shed his blood. And so we are saved. We are saved by the blood of the Lamb. Jesus' blood covers us, and that's why we are saved and we are healed. That's why in John three sixteen, we know that, right? We've memorized that. But if you haven't marked that in your Bible, now's a good time. They say if you memorize John 3.16, uh, it's like the nut of the entire Bible. It's the summary of the entire Bible. John 3.16 says, "For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. That's what God did in the, as early as the Garden of Eden when he clothed Adam and Eve with, with the skin of the animal. And so the doctor, so Jesus, covers us with the blood that he shed on the cross. And this, this is why the cross, which is a, used to be a symbol of shame, is now something that we boast about as Christians. That's why the cross was a, an instrument of capital punishment that means if Jesus was alive during the time when the electric chair was the capital punishment, then maybe we would be wearing electric chairs on our, on our um, necks and, you know, having electric chairs on our altar. But the cross is now something that we boast about because it's the symbol of our victory. And Jesus became the doctor of our incurable disease of sin. So the doctor is the medicine. And the healer is our healing. Isn't that beautiful? Again, the doctor is the medicine. And the healer is the healing. That's what Jesus is to us. Uh, let's go now to Isaiah 53 in the Old Testament. And I just want to read with you a beautiful passage that you can claim, especially during sickness. And this is something that you can share with people who were sick. Isaiah 53, verse 4 to 6, it says, yet it was our weaknesses that he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. Again, this is one of the prophecies that referred to the Messiah. And um, it was fulfilled when Jesus came and was crucified. It was our weaknesses he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought His troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins, but he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. Another version of the Bible, I'll read to you again from the New American Bible, says it was our pain that he bore. Our sufferings he endured. We thought of him as stricken, struck down by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our sins, crushed for our iniquity. He bore the punishment that makes us whole. By his wounds, we were healed. By his stripes, another version says, we were healed. Just take note of that Past tense. You know, I'm, a, I'm an editor. One of my jobs is when I edit um, anything, when I edit an article, is I correct the tenses. A lot of people write in the present tense or they write in the past tense and then later they go to the present tense. Or sometimes, you know, they mix up their tenses. This one says, he bore the punishment that makes us whole. Present tense. By his wounds, we were healed. Past tense. What does that mean? That means that we can claim our healing from God. We can claim our healing because it's already a done deal. It's already something that happened in the past. By Jesus' wounds, by the stripes of Jesus, we were healed. And then it goes on to say, We had all gone astray like sheep, all following our own way. But the Lord laid upon him the guilt of us all. So, all of us we come to God's hospital, broken, wounded, close to death. Um, other for some people, this is literal, because you're sick, you may be in the hospital, you have relatives who are in the hospital and are fighting for their lives. Um, but uh, Jesus administers His healing love and forgiveness upon us, and because of that life came as well as health and prosperity and all the good things that He wants for our lives. You know, when we come to Jesus, walang talo. I say that walang talo. You know, when my dad was sick and fighting for his life in the ICU, we prayed for healing. And then he was sick first with cancer, different kinds of cancer. We prayed for healing and God healed him. God healed him miraculously. Three cancers healed. He was cancer free. For the last seven years of his life, but you know what? That healing didn't last. You know that physical healing didn't last because years later he was sick of pneumonia, and um, he was in the ICU fighting for his life. We prayed for healing, but God took him into His bosom, and still that is most eternal, permanent healing that there is. So, walang talo talaga kay Lord. Walang talo. Because in Him, we are healed in this side of heaven or in the next. And so all of us today are in God's hospital. Whether you're sick in the spirit or sick in the body, um, we know our sickness, we know the diagnosis. Let's accept the treatment that the great healer offers us today. Can I just lead you into a prayer? Maybe there are some of you who are watching me now and you've never maybe you've never really said a prayer of accepting Jesus into your heart. Can I lead you into that prayer right now? And as we pray, know that whatever your condition is, whether you're physically ill or spiritually ill, Jesus heals us. So we come in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Jesus, for being our divine physician. Thank you, Jesus, that in this time of uncertainty, of this pandemic, of fear, of anxiety, you are there, Lord, to minister to us, to heal us, to be our medicine, to be our therapy, to be our healer. The the doctor, the divine physician is our medicine, and the healer, the divine healer is our healing. Right now, Lord God, we accept you into our hearts. We accept you as the healing of our souls and our spirits and our bodies. I pray for those who are watching right now who are afflicted in their bodies, who are sick, Lord, I pray that your healing power, your divine healing may come upon the sick members of our community, the sick members of our family, the sick organs of our bodies. And I pray right now also, Lord, for those who are sick in spirit. I pray, Jesus, that you may bring us to repentance, that you may open the eyes of our hearts, that we may, be, that we may see our sins for what they are. And in humility, turn back to you. I pray for those who are sick in their minds, those who are anxious, those who are, have nervous breakdowns, those who are afflicted with worry and all kinds of destructive thoughts. I pray, Jesus, that you may bring about peace. Minister your peace upon us. And we receive the fullness of your healing in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If this teaching has blessed you, we invite you to join us every Monday at 8 p.m. Philippine Time on my Facebook page or live on YouTube at Feast Makati District. You can also keep the cycle of generosity going by supporting the Feast Makati District. Simply go to www.myfeastoffering1.com